This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 338, The Four Dangers of Conventional Retirement Plans and What to Use Instead. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Wait a minute, you didn't know we had a YouTube channel? That's right, we put content that we don't put anywhere else on YouTube, and you need to see it to believe it. So be sure to follow, like, and subscribe our channel so you won't miss a thing. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode. You know, we've just come off a pretty major mini series that dove deep into the periodic table of financial abundance. We dove pretty deep into the financial universe there. So I wanted to do something a little lighter today. I wanted to get back to basics on how Bank on Yourself uh, can be used as a financial tool, which can really revolutionize your finances, help you live a better, more stress-free life. I mean, really, that's as basic as it gets. I can summarize it all in one sentence there. So it does not have to be complicated. Money does not need a PhD to be successful. You don't need a PhD in economics. You don't have to wait for the government or your employer to change things. You don't have to wait for the stock market to act the way you want it to act. You're able right now, today, to begin taking control of your financial future. So with a little bit of money or a lot, every person every family can opt out of the insanity of the current financial system, taking that red pill to wake up from the matrix and to begin building a sustainable wealth trajectory that can last for generations starting right now. I mean, what a liberating feeling. So if you want to learn how all that is possible, keep on listening. Now, conventional retirement planning has failed us. That's my big, bold opinion for our episode today. Conventional retirement planning has failed us. In fact, it's failed us in almost every aspect. Even after the longest bull market and economic expansion in history, we're still living in a world where the average 65-year-old in this country is going to outlive their savings by almost a decade. That's according to the World Economic Forum. And the typical American household approaching retirement has scratched together a whopping $135,000 in all of their combined retirement accounts. Now, $135,000 sounds like a lot. Wow, that's six figures. Way to go. But remember, this is these are folks that are right up against retirement. So what do we do with $135,000? That's going to basically equate to about $600 a month in retirement income. Now that's $600 from all retirement accounts. So there's no way that folks are going to live off of that as inflation really begins to take hold here. What you'll discover in this podcast might shock you. I'm going to cover the four dangers of conventional retirement plans and how to avoid them. I'll talk about how you can bypass Wall Street and grow your wealth every single year, even when markets are tumbling. Now, for those of you who are frustrated with how your IRAs and 401ks lock up your money for decades, I'm going to show you how you can access your retirement savings with no penalties or restrictions and no taxes due. And in the following episode, I'll talk about how you can tell banks and finance and credit card companies to go take a hike and become your own source of financing. Now, if you're listening and you want to take back control of your money 
and your finances and reach your goals, your dreams without taking any unnecessary risks, well, then you're on the right episode. So let's dive in. So ask yourself this honest question. Where have conventional retirement planning strategies gotten us so far? Thanks to a shift over the last 50 years from a guaranteed company pension for life to a kind of bake-it-yourself 401k and IRA, the responsibility for saving enough for retirement has really shifted squarely on your own shoulders. That's become clear to me as a certified financial planner that 401ks have been an experiment that have just purely failed, or at least haven't turned out well for the majority of people who use them. We've had pensions for life. We had that. Now we have all the risk back on our shoulders. We're expected to manage our investments like the pros and deal with the rest of life and kids and everything else. It's a lot to take in. Is anybody here really going to be able to outbeat the market and take care of groceries and daycare at the same time? So how's all this been working out for us? Again, the average household nearing retirement only has $135,000 in all retirement accounts, which will pay out a pittance of only 600 bucks per month. That's definitely not enough to cover groceries, let alone healthcare, heating, transportation, all the necessities of life. So most people don't plan for their next month's expenses. We even forget that Christmas comes every year. Even more to that point, people don't plan far ahead in advance, and they certainly aren't thinking about the costs they're going to need to spend on in retirement. But even those that do plan their retirement expenses, virtually all folks I've talked with Forget a few major expenses, like medical expenses. A Fidelity study said recently that we need an additional $275,000 on top of what we'll need otherwise for groceries and grandkids and things like that in retirement. $275,000. That doesn't include the cost of nursing homes or health care, and at least 70% of people over age 65 are going to require long-term care. 40% are going to need you know, strictly nursing home care, which means at least one member out of your you and your your spouse are going to need long-term care, nursing home care, or both. Now, the average cost of a typical nursing home stay, get this, guys, is over $250,000. So the typical retired couple is going to need money to cover medical expenses and nursing home care valued at over $500,000 or more. Now, remember, the average couple has saved a total of $135,000 for retirement. Now, that's more than, you know, $500,000 is, is just for the health care and long-term care, not to factor in any of the groceries and other things you might need in retirement. So, I don't think we're ready as a country for this tsunami of people who are going to retire without their financial house in order. Now, of course, part of the issue here, admittedly, is that we've become short-term thinkers. We would prefer to spend money this Saturday then save it for a retirement that might be a decade or more away. But it's not just on our backs. There are some significant fundamental flaws with conventional retirement plans and saving strategies. Having done thousands of financial interviews and consultations with clients over the years, I've come to find that there are in general four big problems with conventional retirement plans and strategies. Maybe by knowing these top four, you can avoid them and live a financially stress-free life in your golden years, or even right now. So let's get into it. The first problem of conventional retirement plans is that there are zero guarantees and no predictability in conventional retirement plans. Now, when you think about it, what guarantee do you have in your 401k, 
or your IRA. Without having guarantees, it makes it impossible to build a plan. Think about that for a minute. When you take a cross-country road trip, you're relying on a few guarantees. For example, that the gas station is going to have gas, or that your car will turn on when you hit the ignition, and that gravity will be holding your car to the earth as you drive across the country. I mean, these are certain guarantees. Without guarantees, you simply can't build a plan to get from where you are to where you want to go. So what impossibilities are baked into traditional plans? Well, no matter how smart your financial advisor may think he or she is, he and you have no idea what your account value will be worth when you need it. And no matter how smart your doctor is, he has no idea how long you're going to be able to live, meaning we have no idea how long we need to make your money last for you. And no matter how smart your accountant is, he has no idea what tax rates are going to be over the next 30 to 40 years of your retirement. So those are the three big ones, the three impossible questions. Let's dig deeper into that first problem. If you don't know what your account value of your retirement plan will be worth on the day you retire, do you really have a plan or are you really just gambling? Let's be honest here. Now, there have been two major market crashes of 50% or more just since the year 2000. And now we're in the longest bull market in recorded history since the dawn of mankind. So ask yourself, do you believe there will be another major market crash like we had in 2001 or 2008? Or even the correction we had, a major one in 2022? Do you want to have happen to you this time what happened last time? If not, why are we doing the same things with our money that we were doing 10, 15 years ago? Now, how long does it really take to recover from a major market crash? Does the market always go up? Is it always okay to just hold on through the bad years? Well, since 1929, we've had three market crashes where the Dow took between 16 and 25 years to return to pre-crash levels. That's a long time to wait just to break even. Now, even Warren Buffett thinks that there's an inevitable stock market crash at 50% or more waiting in our future. And recently, he took the largest cash position he's ever taken in his career. In fact, the only person who's guaranteed anything with our retirement plans, our traditional retirement plans, is the investment advisor who's getting fees off your account every year, no matter what the market does. So how would another crash of 50% or more affect your retirement security? Think about that for a minute, where your money is today. Here's something I don't hear many retirement planners or investment advisors talk about. It's something called sequence of returns risk, something a former professor of mine at the American College made me aware of. Uh, so please, no. While it sounds super nerdy, there are big ramifications for you and your financial future. What is sequence of returns risk? Well, it's the five to 10 years before you retire and the, say, 10 years after you retire that seem to matter the most in terms of this risk exposure. It's like having an earthquake at the top of a mountain. How are you going to climb up or get down when markets are crashing at the most important years of your financial life? Now, for years, there was this kind of rule, this recommendation, and it was called the 4% rule, where you could withdraw up to 4% of the value of your retirement account each year. But in recent years, the 4% rule has been found to only give us a 50-50 coin toss probability of running out of money over a 30-year period of retirement. This means your odds are as good as heads or tails that you're going to run out of money if you take 4% of your money out of your retirement accounts. 
So maybe that's why so many retirees are having to go back to work at Walmart. I mean, would you get on an airplane if you knew you only had a 50% chance of arriving safely? So what now, if not 4%? Well, these days, according to my former professor at the American College, Wade Fowl, he says we need to take closer to 2.8% of our portfolio out to safely spend over a 30-year period. While that doesn't sound like a big deal, what, what's the big deal, Mark? 4% down to 2.8%. That's a 30% pay cut right off the top with what we used to think was possible for income from the stock market. And by the way, that 2.8%, that only gives us a 9 out of 10 chance of success, meaning 1 in 10 of us would still run out of money if we took 2.8% of our portfolio balance out each year in retirement. So is this a big deal? I mean, what does a 2.8% withdrawal rate really look like? Well, let's find out. So let's say if somehow you put together a million-dollar portfolio in your 401k, you might be feeling pretty good about yourself as you enter your retirement years. But what is this millionaire lifestyle actually going to look like? If you're a 401k millionaire, what's it going to look like? Well, 2.8% of a million bucks is 28000 bucks a year. Or you could roughly calculate that down to 2300 bucks a month. And if that's in a 401k or IRA, you're going to have to go through Uncle Sam to get your money out first. He's going to get his hands on some of that money first. So if tax rates don't go up, which we'll talk about later, that means you're only going to keep about $22,400 a year. That's about $1,800 a month from your million-dollar 401k. Some millionaire lifestyle that is, $1,800 a month. What is that? So how does that compare with your current lifestyle needs? $1,800 a month. So bottom line is 2.8% is just not going to cut it for most retirees, but this is the best that Wall Street can offer us. Now, of course, not everyone listening is going to have a million dollars saved in their 401ks or IRAs, especially when you keep in mind you got to set aside another 500 grand that you cannot touch for medical or long-term care needs. So other financial experts say you're going to need about 10 to 20 times your income saved before you can really retire well. So think about, again, your savings. How many years of savings do you have set aside currently? Fully half of Americans between ages 50 and 64 have less than one year saved up. This is according to the Swartz Center for Economic Policy Analysis. So half of Americans have less than one year saved up. All right, we're all living longer. Now, what if you run out of money at 75, but you live till 95? When you retire, it's like almost like a gun goes off, and now you're on a race with your money. Who's going to outlast the other? And guys, this is a race you do not want to lose. So as I said earlier, traditional planning is based on three things you cannot predict. Number one, what are your investments going to be worth? Again, no one knows. Second unanswerable question is, how long will you live? These days, somebody who's 65 years old today is going to live till 85 years old or longer. That's according to the Social Security Administration. But nobody is an average, as you guys know from listening to this podcast. So that means one out of four 65-year-olds today are going to live past 90, and one out of 10 will live past age 95. That's awesome. You know, it's great to hear that we're all living longer, but here's the flip side of that coin. The longer you live the more you'll be exposed to all of the other financial risks that we've been talking about here, including market risk, tax rate risk, inflation, everything. So speaking of inflation, we've been really 
benefiting from historically low inflation rates in recent years. But it's important to remember that even as we have hit a bump in the road with inflation in the last three years or so, we have not even experienced the worst of it. It's easy to forget that inflation in the early 1980s was as high as 10% or more each year. Wow. I mean, think about that. 10% or more each year. But as I think about that, I have to remind myself, is there any law saying that inflation can't go back to those rates or even higher? There's nothing saying that inflation can't go back to where it was before. Even low, historically low inflation rates, though, can eat away at the value of your savings. For example, even just a 3% annual inflation affects your purchasing power big time. In fact, your dollars would fall by more than half over a 25-year period. That means you're doubling your cost of living over your retirement. So far, we've talked about the first of the four major problems that I have with conventional retirement plans. One, that there's no predictability or guarantees baked in. Let's move on to the second problem, fees that devour your hard-earned savings. All right, so study after study shows that most people have no clue in what they're actually paying in fees in their retirement accounts. In fact, most people think that the fees don't even matter that they're small, that they're not significant. But the growth in your investment account that you're counting on to fund your retirement is dramatically reduced by the fees you pay. For example, if you have a 1% fee on your account, 28% of your retirement account can be slashed over the next 35 years, according to the Department of Labor. 28%, that's almost a third of your money just gone to stinking fees. Now, on average, if you're in all but the largest 401k plans, you're not paying 1%. Maybe that sounds like good news, but here's the bad news. You're paying more than that. You're paying, on average, 1.9%. That's the average 401k fee in this country. Now, fees are not transparent. Fees can be baked in over about 30 different ways into your investments. So just because your index fund might say it's a low-cost fund does not mean the account is low-cost. Firms don't offer IRAs out of the goodness of their hearts. In fact, many firms, financial firms, were caught lying, lying about the fees when account holders inquired about them. Now, some people might wonder what financial advisors dream about at night. I'm not sure if you're one of those people. I know, I know some people have way too much time on their hands. Well, what is it we dream about? We dream about compound growth. As Einstein called it, it's the eighth wonder of the world. And we are mesmerized by the power of things that never stop getting more efficient and bigger and faster forever. Earning compound interest is a beautiful thing. But when it's your investment advisor that's earning compound growth due to taking fees off of your back, compounding against you, well, that has the opposite effect. So we have to find a way to lower fees. Now, it's true that index funds have lower fees, since all we're really doing is watching the whole index and not making any buy and sell decisions, so there's nothing for advisors to do except collect the fee. But even index funds will gobble up your retirement, 23% gone over 30 years from one popular index fund. 23% of your portfolio gone to fees. And don't forget, you still have to pay those fees during your retirement too. So even after you retire, you're still paying a fee. Even no-load index funds aren't free of hefty expenses. I mean, they, they ain't doing this for charity, folks. Somebody's getting rich here, but it's not you. The third danger is that your money is locked up and in prison. So, for example, restrictions are baked right in on how much you can put into your retirement accounts. 
how much and what you can invest in, how much you can borrow against your retirement accounts, how and when you can pay it back. If you don't follow their rules, they'll slap you with taxes or penalties. There's even more restrictions on when you can withdraw the money. And if you take it out too early, boom, another penalty of 10%. And finally, if you don't take the money out in time, since they're tired of waiting for the taxes, they'll hit you up with another huge penalty. And even further, employers can throw more restrictions on your money. And most people never read the fine print on what they're signing, their benefit documents, and more when they get that new job. Both the government and your employer can change the rules whenever they want. They call these things profit-sharing plans because they're technically not your profits till you leave the company. Now, have you ever heard of Willie Sutton? Now, he's my favorite bank robber. I don't have a lot of other bank robbers that I really like, but this is one I do like, mainly for a quote he gave a long time ago. He robbed 24 banks. And when he was finally caught, uh, they asked him why he kept robbing banks. And he said, quote, well, because that's where the money is, end quote. Well, where is the money today? Well, there's roughly $30 trillion inside of retirement accounts, and the government regularly floats proposals to take that money. Just so happens the government has a $30-plus trillion deficit, too, by the way. And since they created the 401k and the IRA, they know exactly how much you have in your accounts. It's the easiest and fastest way to get hands on money when they need it. So that's the third problem is restrictions on your money. Number four, talking about the government, you're sitting on a tax time bomb. Now, most CPAs and accountants love to tell you to defer your taxes. It makes them look really smart, at least on this year's tax return. But treat your taxes more like a root canal. Is it ever a good idea to defer a root canal? I would say no. The myth is that deferring your taxes, you're going to get the entire retirement savings contribution earning and growing in the market for your future. That's the theory anyway, but unfortunately, it's completely false. According to the Society of Actuaries, it makes no difference whether the taxes are taken away from you at the beginning or at the end of your investment journey. As long as taxes in this country remained the exact same, the same fraction of your money is going to be left to you. Again, whether you use a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. And if you want to hear more about that, go back to episode 30. Now, often when folks look at their company 401k and see their account balance, they think that the entire balance is theirs to enjoy in retirement. But unfortunately, most folks forget to factor in that the IRS has a claim on a good portion of what you see on your 401k or IRA balance statements. And for many people, that's a very big deal. It feels like they've been ripped off when they find this out. But wait a minute. When you defer taxes, you are paying fees on the entire tax deferred amount, even the amount that the government would inevitably take away from you. Guys, doesn't that mean that for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of your employment, while you were deferring taxes, you're paying fees on the entire 401k balance. Does that not mean that you were underwriting the cost of investing for your friendly government, for your friendly Uncle Sam for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, while they let your money grow tax deferred? What a deal for the IRS. How generous of you to give that to your nice government. Now, sure, if tax rates go lower in the future, you might come out ahead by deferring your taxes today. But guys, seriously, where do you think taxes are going to go in this country? 
over the next 30 years or longer. Without exception, every person I've asked that question to believes that taxes ultimately go up, and every serious economist agrees. Where will the government get the money to cover the national debt to fund Social Security and Medicare? Have you done the math on that? Today, there are over 62 million Americans using Social Security and Medicare. But by 2045, that's going to more than double. 140 million baby boomers and Gen Xers will be over age 65 by 2045. That's going to require an immense amount of money and burdens on Social Security and Medicare. So where do you think they're going to come up with the money to pay for all those retirees? Where will they get the money? Will it come from the 80% of Americans who have nothing saved? Or will it come from the 20% of us who do have savings? Social Security is already in a negative cash flow situation. And even after a 10-year bull market, it's still cash flow negative. What's going to happen to Social Security when markets crash again? How much faster will it become insolvent? How many times are we going to let Wall Street lose 30%, 50%, even 70% of our life savings and then have salt rubbed in our wounds by letting the IRS take another 25 to 50% of our money? What if you didn't have to worry about tax rate surprises or market crashes when you go to take retirement income? Is there any way to avoid these four dangers of conventional retirement planning strategies? Yes. But Wall Street, banks, and finance companies hope you never hear about it because they don't make a dime when you do. Now, there's a proven wealth building strategy I've come across that lets you bypass Wall Street, grow your wealth safely and predictably every year, every year, even when markets are tumbling. It doesn't come riddled with high investment fees or penalize you for accessing your money. It lets you fire your banker and tell credit card companies to take a hike by becoming your own source of financing. And on top of all that, it's based on an asset that's increased in value every single year for almost 200 years, even during the Great Depression and the Great Recession of 2008 and every period of economic boom and, of course, recessions and busts, too. So what is it? What is it? Well, as a financial advisor, I got to stop here for a minute. Before I go on, I need to tell you a bit about my experience. When I was being brought up in this financial world, I was taught to think all the traditional ways of investing for retirement, just like I tore apart in the conversation previous, uh, that I thought it was really just the best way. The stock market more was the best way to reach our retirement goals. That somehow the white knight of Wall Street would always come through for me and my clients as a financial planner. I thought that's all there was to it. And as I mentioned previously, I got into financial planning right around the time the last financial meltdown was just getting underway, like being drafted and shipped to the front lines of a war. I heard the horror stories and quickly became aware that Wall Street is essentially an abusive roller coaster that never stops, even when we need to get off. So after the financial crash, I began studying to become a certified financial planner, and I was obsessed with finding alternatives that would help meet clients' goals, as well as my own family objectives. So where is it written? Where is it written that we've got to put our money into Wall Street just to retire? Is that some law I, I didn't know about? Now that question, and others like it, started a journey. I studied literally hundreds of financial products and strategies used by average Americans and the ultra-elite wealthy. Complex dynastic trusts, stock options, hedge funds, bond portfolios, mutual funds, raw land, Incredible tax strategies. The list was going on and on. What did I find at the end of all that over several years? Well, it shocked me. I didn't believe it. It was, of all things, high cash value, 
dividend-paying whole life insurance. Now, the more I studied, the more I could not turn away from this unique and mostly forgotten financial vehicle that's been around for centuries. So allow me to show you and talk to you more about why I think this is such a compelling tool for our portfolio. Just in case you were wondering, guys, just right up the front, this is categorically different from any kind of life insurance you may have heard about on TV or the radio from Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey. First of all, options have been added to the whole life insurance policy since they wrote their talking points decades ago. They don't seem to change their minds on things. Uh, Modernized forms of whole life insurance give you an incredible cash value growth and the commissions are slashed by 50 to 70%. So you can either dig through my own CFP textbooks, seriously guys, they're on sale if you want to take my old textbooks, (laughs) or you can read the recently published New York Times bestselling book on the topic. The nickname given to this strategy is Bank on Yourself, written by Pamela Yellen, the Bank on Yourself revolution. So don't rule yourself out if you've had a couple of health issues or too many birthdays. I've had clients start policies up to age 85. Here was one of the surprising things I found in my research. The man credited as being the father of the 401k, Ted Benna, said that the 401k is a monster because of all the problems I just went through in this episode. So instead of putting money into a 401k, he now puts most of his own money into high cash value, dividend paying whole life insurance. Now, why of all things would he recommend that? I believe in essence, it's because it uniquely solves the four problems we just covered because it provides one an unbeatable combination of Predictable, guaranteed growth every year. It offers control of your money, liquidity and ease of access to the money, multiple tax advantages. So we're going to look deeper and deeper into each one of these. We're going to cover that in the next episode. But for now, I've gone on long enough. There's enough here for you to chew on. Think about which of these four dangers you might still be exposed to. And make sure to reach out to us if you'd like to discuss this further. Please share this episode with a friend if you feel like this would be a good starter or primer episode for them. And be sure to wait for next week's episode where we talk about how Bank on Yourself solves these four great dangers in your retirement plans. So for now, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.